Welcome to the First Century Church Podcast. My name is Stephen Wilhoy, and I'm the lead pastor at First Century Church, and it is an honor to have you with us today. The goal of the podcast is simple. We want you to be encouraged, challenged, and inspired to go further in your faith than ever before. If you'd like more information about the church, you can visit our website, firstcenturykc.com. And if you happen to be in the Kansas City area anytime soon, we'd love to have you join us for one of our live gatherings to connect with you in person. Again, thanks for joining us today, and we hope that you enjoy today's message. Well, I don't know if you're much of a Bob Dylan fan or not, uh, but if you are or not, we're going to use one of the titles of one of his songs as the theme for our discussion today. Uh, we're in this series called Next, and today the message is going to be entitled, The Times They Are a Changin'. And I've had this planned out for several weeks, but for a lot of different reasons, uh, this seems like a very timely message. So before we get into this week's content, let me quickly talk about uh, Revisit. Uh, the overall theme of this two-week mini-series, and then recap last week, because we're going to, in a way, build off of last week's content. So if you missed it, we'll catch up really quick and then launch off into today's material. So the theme of this two-week mini-series is simply this. Life is not just about what happens to you, but about how you respond to it. Life is not just about what happens to you, but is about how you respond to it. So last week, we looked at this idea of directional suffering. We talked about how everyone suffers in some way at some time in their life. Everyone in the history of ever has endured some sort of setback or disappointment or frustration or tragedy or heartache or loss. It's just inevitable. It's part of life. But as we see in the theme here of this two-part series is the question we need to ask is not why did this happen, but what do I do with it? Not poor old me, but how can I move forward uh, despite this setback or problem or difficulty? Or even how can I use it even to an advantage somehow? What can I do with that? Where does it take me? Well, today in part two of this series, we're going to look at a very classic, very familiar passage from the Old Testament to fit this theme, this idea today that the times, they are a-changing. There's nothing we can do about it. It is inevitable, just like we talked about suffering last week is inevitable. The times changing is inevitable. Life moving along is inevitable. So let's look here at Ecclesiastes chapter 3, an Old Testament book attributed to King Solomon, King David's son. So it seems earlier in his life he wrote the Proverbs, here's the best way to live, here's a great way to live. Ecclesiastes seems to be near the end of his life. Things are not going great for him. He seems like he's in a really rotten mood. He's a little cranky as an old man here. He's looking back at some regrets and some mistakes that he's made and He's, and he, he writes some interesting things in this book. I'd encourage you to read through it. It's, it's fascinating to, to see sort of his life philosophy as an old man. But today we're going to look at a very familiar, famous part of this book, Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Let's look at the first eight verses as we kind of launch off of that into our message today. Ecclesiastes 3, starting at verse number 1. He says, For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest, 
a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up, a time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to turn away, a time to search and a time to quit searching, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be quiet and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. So the main idea of this passage is that life continually moves on. Or the way that we're going to frame it and phrase it today is that seasons change. And you might think, no, duh, Stephen. I could just say, times change, end of message, have a great weekend. But it's not just enough to realize that seasons change. What we're looking at, again, is not just that life happens to us, but life is really a response to what happens to us. Seasons change. Think for just a minute about six months ago, what life looked like six months ago, early December we were right in the heart of the holiday season. Just had come off of Thanksgiving, prepped, you know, two weeks or so until Christmas, thinking about the new year and all that might happen. Little did we know <laughs> what was going to happen in just the first five months or so of this new year. Six months ago, life was a lot different, wasn't it? Think about two months ago then, how different life was from six months ago. This virus is in full force. We are locked down in our homes. We cannot go anywhere or do anything. The headline every day, every second on the ticker at the bottom of your screen or on the right or left of your screen is our, our numbers of how many deaths worldwide, how many deaths in the country from this coronavirus, from COVID-19. Just two short months ago, that was the headline worldwide. All the unknowns, all the fear, all the uncertainty, the lockdown, the quarantine, the sickness, the death, ICUs, ventilators, you know, f f essential, non-essential. These are words, social distancing. These are words uh, that were everywhere just two months ago. Now think for a second about two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, the headline was still coronavirus. Headlines were still number of deaths. Headlines were starting to become reopening, cities and states reopening, businesses reopening, things are getting a little bit more back to normal. And then less than two weeks ago, even a week ago, right now still, headlines look different yet again. Coronavirus has sort of taken a back seat to what's happened in our nation with what happened in Minneapolis just less than two weeks ago. And now we've had protesters, some peaceful, some not so peaceful, all sorts of reactions, all sorts of controversy. If you're on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, if you're on anything, if you watch the news, you see division, you see hatred, you see arguing, you see people talking, you see people posturing, you see all sorts of positions, all sorts of opinions. In just, again, six months, how many things have changed? How many seasons of life has the entire country and in some ways the entire world gone through? 
There is seasons change, sometimes rapidly, sometimes positively, and so far in 2020, mainly negatively. That's just how life goes. Seasons change. Here's a few things, really three things to consider about that fact that seasons change. The first thing to consider is that we cannot really predict how seasons will change. If you had said eight months ago what was going to happen the first five months of 2020, uh, someone would have signed you to a book deal, right? Someone would have said, yeah, that'd be a great end-of-the-world sort of apocalyptic thriller novel, right? But it's, it's happened. It is happening. All the things that we've talked about in the last six months, five months, four months, three months, all these different things in the world have just shaken us to our core. We could never have predicted these things would have happened. And so since we can't predict it, uh, we have to instead learn how to adapt as seasons change. Think about this. Think about six months from now, okay? With all the craziness that's happened so far in the last five months of this year, think about December 31st, 2020. You try to predict for me how things will look six, seven months from now. Think about in your life how things will look. It's going to be hard to predict, Think about in your neighborhood, in our city, how things will look. It's impossible to predict. Think about in the country, how things will look. We're in a presidential election year. So if you think things are crazy and weird and divided now, just buckle up, buttercup, because come you know August, September, October, November, it, just hang on. Okay, we haven't seen anything yet. Think how things may change for our church. They're about to change the next week. We're about to restart gathering in person. That's great. But think about six, seven months from now. How will things look? How will things grow? How will things progress? How will things change? There's no way to predict those changes. We can't predict what will happen, but we must learn to adapt to those changes. And that's kind of the focus of what we're talking about today is adapting. But then the the second thing to consider about change is we also have no control over the changes of life, over the seasons of change. You cannot control what season you're in right now, and there's no way you can control what season is about to come. We just can't control those types of things or events. So here's my suggestion. Here's my plea. Stop trying to control the seasons of your life. The goal is not control. The goal is to adapt. Because again, the theme of the series is life is not about what happens to you, but about how you respond to what happens to you, how you adapt. This doesn't mean that we're passive. We just let things happen. But it does mean that how we adapt, how we react, how we respond is everything. Just look at our weather and the actual seasons of life right now. It's not officially summer for like two more weeks, yet we've hit 90 plus several times in the last 10 days or so. So you may not have thought you were going to have to blast your AC quite yet, but you probably have. You've adapted to seasons as they change. Similarly, earlier in the year we had, you know, it gets kind of warm, we get kind of in a lull, oh, spring's here, and then boom, frost, and you're like, it's freezing, why are there flurries, what is going on, you better find a jacket, you better find your coat, you better be able to adapt. Life is the same way, you can't control what season you're in, or what season's about to come, or when it comes, or how long it's there, 
but we must learn how to adapt. And that's what we'll talk about in detail here in just a minute. Here's the third thing about changing seasons, and that's this. We can't change previous seasons. So what you say can't be unsaid. What you do can't be undone. Events that have happened to you, you can't undo those either. We can't, we can't undo what's been done. We can't reverse seasons. We can't change seasons. But that doesn't mean, however, that we throw our hands up in the air and just say, okay, fine, kill me now. Okay, fine, I'm done for. Okay, fine, I'm just going to you know, wallow in self-pity. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just be done in by guilt you know, over what's happened that I can't change or I can't. Here's the thing. You can't go back and change the se- previous seasons of your life. What we should do as part of adapting is we should learn from previous seasons in our life. We should grow from, whether it's a good season or a bad season, it was a season we did great in or a season that we struggled in, made a lot of mistakes, a lot of errors in. We should grow from that season to where we are now. We should improve upon and build upon previous seasons. We can't undo what we've done. We can't unsay what we've said. We can't go back and fix every mistake, but we have to. We must adapt to and focus on how we can improve and grow and build on these seasons. So what we're going to look at here for a few more minutes is how do we adapt? How is this possible? What's the secret to that? And practically, what does that look like? So we'll take a few minutes here to look at those types of questions. Because seasons change often, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. Any change in life is stressful, right? Even good ones. A a job promotion with a new job description can be stressful. You move into your dream home, it's great, you've saved and dreamed and planned for this moment, but it's stressful. There's work involved, there's unknowns involved, there's, uh, is this really what I want? Can we actually afford this? Even good changes are stressful, let alone the bad negative seasons of change that come. Sometimes they happen so fast. Sometimes you have multiple seasons at once. It's like, you know, sometimes in uh, different parts of the year with actual seasons of weather, in the morning it's freezing. By the afternoon you're wearing shorts. It just happens that way. So how do we keep from being overwhelmed in these seasons of change? How do we adapt, as we've talked about, to these changing seasons? Sometimes the question is, how do I just keep my head above water? How do I maintain? How do I survive? Well, as we move on to the next three verses here, verses 9, 10, and 11 of Ecclesiastes 3, we'll see the answer to these types of questions. Here's what it says. What do people really get for all their hard work? I've seen the burden God has placed on us all. Yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. Here is how we can learn to adapt to the changing seasons of life. It's to understand this important point. Life is fluid, but God is constant. The way that you can learn to adapt... The way that you can learn to respond to life in a positive, healthy way is to understand life is fluid, but God is constant. And to illustrate this, let me show you something here real quick. So we're going to illustrate the fact, the truth, the reality that life is fluid, 
but God is constant. It's a simple visual illustration. We're going to get a little messy here, okay? So this is a tub of water. It's going to represent life, your life, my life, everybody's life. Look, at it's fluid. It's moving. It's really full. It's kind of wobbly. You know, some seasons of life might be rocky and stormy and water may come out. And sometimes you're going to feel like it's going to overflow from, you know, being flooded. Sometimes you're going to feel like it's almost empty. Life is unpredictable, right? That's what Solomon says. That's what we've been talking about. You can't control what happens to this. Uh, you can't control how much water is in there, if it overflows, if it falls out, if it dries up. You know, just things are going to happen that you can't see coming, you can't predict, you can't control. Life is fluid. But God is constant. God is solid. God is consistent. God is sort of like this uh, concrete here that we're going to uh, mix right now, okay? So it's kind of like this. This one. This is how God is. So again, we are surprised when things happen to us. We are surprised in life. But God never is. We are sometimes thrown off off by what happens. We are shocked. We are appalled. We are angry. We are confused. We are frustrated. We are fearful. All these emotions. That's how God made us. Again, emotions aren't wrong. How you feel isn't bad, but it's not everything. Life is fluid. Life's unpredictable. You can't control every aspect or hardly any aspect of life, anybody relate to what I'm saying? But God is constant. He is never caught off guard. He's never met a challenge that really is even a challenge uh, to him. Uh, it cha- he he sa- even says to the, the people of Israel in the Old Testament, I am the Lord, I do not change, I change not. Even in the New Testament, the, the New Testament writer says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Life is fluid, but God is constant. And luckily, uh, he doesn't have to take you know several hours uh, to become that way because he's eternal and always has been. So, I feel like I'm on a cooking channel right now. By the power of television, this is what we're going for. This is rock solid. This is not going anywhere. This is not going to change. It is consistent. It is solid, just how God is. So, how then do we adapt when the seasons of life change? How do we cope with the fluidity of life, with the unpredictability of life? How do we manage? How do we cope? How do we survive? How do we make it? Here's how. You place your life on the constant, the uh, constant, uh, what's the word I'm trying to think of? The constant Ness, that's not a real word, sorry, I'm struggling here to find the word, Uh, the bedrock of who God is. He's certain, he's sure, he's constant. He doesn't change, he doesn't get flustered, he created everything, including you. He knows what seasons are going to come, and so things will still happen. So you're not the concrete, okay? You're not unshakable, you're not eternal, you're not all-knowing and all-powerful. Life is still going to be fluid, but... If you've placed your life on this solid foundation of who God is, if you've given him your life, then whenever things happen, you know that you're still okay. 
No matter how situations change, no matter what life throws at you, no matter what situations catch you off guard, no matter how difficult seasons may be, no matter how good seasons may be, we still need this firm foundation. We have to place our lives firmly on the constancy of who God is. It's the only way we're going to survive. It's the only way that we're going to make it. If our life is on a firm, solid foundation, that is God who is not going to change. He's not going to move. He's not going to, like even regular concrete, he's not going to crack, okay, after a long enough time, after enough pressure and heat. He's going to stay exactly who he is because it's always who he has been and always who he will be. If you can place your life on this firm foundation, you can withstand any season and any change in any season in your life. Life is fluid, but God is constant. So again, let's revisit the main theme of this two-part series, and that is life is not just about what happens to you, but about how you respond to it. So then the question, we've already just now looked through this illustration of how it's possible to adapt, how we can have that mindset. Even though life is fluid, God is constant. Things happen, seasons change, good, bad, in between. Sometimes I'm pumped, sometimes I'm you know, just down low in the dumps. Sometimes it's too much and I can't handle it. But if I place my life upon the foundation of God, he is constant, he won't fail. He's always got us right where he wants us to be. So that's how we can do this, but what does that actually look like? How does that look practically? And we see that here in the last two verses that we'll cover today, Ecclesiastes 3, verses 12 and 13. Here's what Solomon writes. So I concluded there is nothing better than to be happy and enjoy ourselves as long as we can. And people should eat and drink and enjoy the fruits of their labor, for these are gifts from God. So what we're going to look at as we close today is practically, practically, how do I adapt to changing seasons? Here's really what these two verses and really what the whole scope of Ecclesiastes 3, this first section anyway, what it's really telling us or showing us that we can do in the changing seasons of life. Here's kind of the main idea as we close today. Solomon says, enjoy what you can and endure what you must. Enjoy what you can, endure what you must. As we've already said, some seasons in life are good and positive and happy, and they, are, they should be enjoyed. Enjoy them. And then some seasons are awful. They are brutal. They are bad. They are depressing. They are hard to get through. But those seasons can't just be ignored. You can't ignore nearly half of your life, right? If half is good and half is bad, somewhere in between, you can't ignore that bad things because what happens is they compile. They get worse as we ignore them. They grow. They become sometimes things that we really can't, we thought we couldn't handle it, but if we ignore it, we really can't handle it. So even the bad seasons can't be ignored. Again, we must adapt to them. They must be endured as we adapt. There's two simple ways for just a minute here how we can do that, how, what that actually looks like, how we can endure and adapt any season of change. The first encouragement for us is to find joy in the everyday. Find joy, that's what Solomon says here, find joy in the, in the everyday. So this really leads to contentment. Another way to say it would be, be content in the simple things. 
in the simple things. Things like sitting on the back deck on a nice day. Uh, the fact that you have clean water to drink at your house. Just a smile from your neighbor. Just a really great meal. It doesn't have to be a fancy meal, just a good meal. A hug from your kids or cuddling with your pet. And maybe for some of you, those last two are the same thing. You know, some of you, your pets are your kids. Even if you have kids, your pet is your favorite kid, you know. You know who you are, okay. Uh, sometimes we tend to make joy or contentment too difficult. Sometimes we make it so difficult it's impossible, okay. And maybe that's what this season of lockdown through this virus has, has been good for us. So we see it this season as a negative, probably mainly, Fear, unknowns, frustration, agitation, all that sort of thing. Uh, but I think if there is one positive, it's that it's taught us how to enjoy the everyday. So, uh, you know, we've learned how to slow down a little bit. We've learned how to stop and smell the roses. Maybe we've learned that less really is more. I never knew what that meant until the last two or three months. Now I get it. Now it makes sense. Maybe we've learned that simpler is really better. We've overcomplicated joy. We've overcomplicated contentment. And we've missed maybe so much of the everyday where we can experience joy. You see, we don't have to wait for the big, huge things or the rare things that happen to find joy. It's not just every year when you take that one vacation. I get one week of happiness one week of joy, one week for me, and 51 weeks of bleh. Right? If we can find joy in the everyday, we don't have to live that way. We don't have to wait to get a raise every two or three years, if that, to find something to be happy about or joyful about. Uh, it's not just when this big thing happens or uh, I get bigger, better, newer stuff every once in a while that I find joy in. Maybe what this season has taught us is an, a positive thing through a negative thing. I've found, I've been able to find joy in the everyday, the small, simple, everyday things, the small, simple, everyday moments, which leads to a similar but second way that we can adapt in seasons of change. Not only adapt, but not only survive, but also thrive and move on to what's next. And that is to simply find joy every day. To find joy every day. Verse 13 we just read, Solomon says, Everything is a gift from God. As we can learn to understand that and live that out, it can make even the worst seasons of your life way more manageable, way more tolerable. It puts that into perspective. If we can find joy every day. This is a daily challenge. I'm going to issue you a daily challenge and it's simply this word gratitude if solomon is right if everything is a gift from god then i can find joy not only in the everyday but i can actually literally find joy every day here's the challenge no matter what season of life you're in right now or seasons of life no matter how good bad or in between life is for you in this moment today and every day from this day forward i challenge you to find at least one reason for joy just one and you might think man that's easy and then you get in a dark time in a couple of weeks and you're like it's not easy but you can do it we need to find at least one thing every day, one reason for joy. This is the key to adapting to the seasons of change in life. 
If life really is not about what happens to us, but is about how we respond, this is the best response. Perspective and gratitude. Joy in the simple things and joy every single day. Life is not just about now. We can't have tunnel vision in life. It's not going to work long term. Life is not just about now, but life is about what's next. That's what God does in our lives. Seasons change, but God does not. Again, life is fluid, but God is constant. And God will faithfully lead us through any season we face. No matter how good or how bad or how long or how short, how positive or negative, God will faithfully lead us through any season of life that we face now. And he will lead us into whatever he has planned for us next. Let's pray. God, life is unpredictable for us. There are so many seasons, so many things, so many unknowns, so many variables, very few of which we can control. So I pray that we would, as we looked at and talked about, place our life firmly on you as our solid, strong, stable, constant foundation. Help us to look to you and not to ourselves for answers. Help us to look to you and not to ourselves for wisdom. Help us to look to you ultimately for true joy and peace and, and fulfillment in our lives. That's the only way we can make it through the changing seasons of life. Help us to find true joy in the everyday, in the simple things, in the little things, in a great cup of coffee, in a nice cool breeze on a warm day, you know, the wag of our dog's tail. Whatever the little minor thing is, help us to find joy in the everyday and help us to meet this challenge of finding joy every day. Finding at least one thing every single day in which we can find joy. It's, it will help us to adapt to changing seasons. It will help us to keep our head above water. It will help us to not only survive through any season, but thrive. To come out better and stronger because we've trusted you and found joy and peace and contentment in you. And I pray as our church is facing this changing season, we've gone from our building being closed to now we're ready to restart. God, help us in this. Give us wisdom. Give us patience. Give us tolerance as we work back in, as things look different. Things will be different for at least a while, if not for even longer. God, give us your peace. Give us your joy, even as a church in this changing, unpredictable time. And I'm thankful that you're not only going to help us in the now, but you're also going to help us in what's next. That's what you specialize in. We don't know what's going to happen. We can't predict or control, but you know the beginning from the end, the end from the beginning. And you lead us and guide us faithfully day by day, moment by moment, season by season through any change, through any curveball, through any victory or defeat, through any difficulty, through anything that we face. We trust you. We put our life on the foundation of you. And we walk with you step by step every day through what's now and toward what's next. And I thank you for our church, for everyone here, everyone watching and listening, that you're going to guide us and all of us into what's now and into what's next. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Well, it has been awesome being with you online for almost three months, but I am super pumped about next weekend for this restart to begin. Again, bring your kids, bring your family. It'll look different. It'll be different. There'll be some adjusting to do, but we'll make it into what's next through God's help. Looking forward to joining you next weekend in person. And also, if you can't make it or don't want to get out online as well, as we start a three-week family-friendly series called Bedtime Stories. Very excited about what God's doing now and next. Have a great week. God bless you, and we'll see you next Sunday for First Century Church online and in person. Love you guys. Have a great week.